All of our files are free and will remain free. If you like the show, you can show support by donating $1 to help with expenses. Just use the PayPal link on our website, YouTube channel, or Facebook page. Thanks. Welcome back to part two. I'm joined by Robert Bonomo today, and we're deep diving into crypto. Now, right before the break, Robert, mm-hmm. you tried to convince me about, uh, about uh, yeah, the multiverse and all that stuff. Um, I mean, it's so much written about it, uh, many claims, and you know they get stuff wrong in predictions. But, but Let, let's try this from a simpler approach. Okay. Start by explaining what non-fungible token NFTs are, because they are, there's a lot of info about that these days. And yeah. uh, this, I this had one is... guest on, I had a, I had a art professor on, and he was criticizing it from the perspective that they're creating so-called art. We were criticizing modern contemporary art. And uh, he says it's just a storage for actually to <laughs> rig the, you know, art has become like a storage value for money, especially whitewashing money. Yeah. So, and the same is true for NFTs now. I don't understand how an NFT can be a piece of art. It seems like hilarious, the whole concept. But somehow people are investing in this. And because of that, I'm assuming it gets some value. Because when people decide something has a value, it has a value. Well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> but even less so, that, but it doesn't function like a currency like Bitcoin does. Yeah. So it's even less, how should I say, we can agree. Well, it's, that, it's not a currency. It's just, no, it's not a currency. So, so it really has no value. So what's going on here? It has no value. Why does it, why? Yeah, you, did you see the spoof that South Park did on NFTs? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. It's, it's these COVID shows. They have like a three-part series about COVID. Okay. So in part three, it's all about NFTs. It's in the future, Butters has become an NFT salesman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you should check it out. Um, yeah. So do we have to go define it and all that? Or do yeah. you think your users? No. Do you, we should define it? Yes. Presume the lowest common denominator and take okay. it from there. Yeah. So, do you under, so what does fungible mean? It's important, that word, fungible, yeah. right? Yeah. So think of fungible as a, as a pennies. Pennies are fungible. It doesn't matter which penny you have. They're, they're all exactly the same, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, coin collectors might say, well, there are certain coins, right? But yeah. just think of coins. Right? Oil is fungible. When you buy oil, barrels of oil, you don't say this barrel is worth more than this. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. Non-fungible means they're all different. It's absolutely unique. So mm-hmm. think of fungible as saying non-fungible is mean unique tokens, right? Mm-hmm. So what is what are NFTs? I like to think of it as a way of transferring intellectual property. So think of a photograph. Do you know the famous photograph of the girl in Afghanistan, that beautiful yeah. girl? She's like 12 with the blue eyes. Yeah, yeah. That picture has no value, right? If I print it and go out in the street and sell it, someone might give me, I don't know, 10 cents for it, maybe. Mm-hmm. But if I have the original, um, what do they call the negative of that picture? Mm-hmm. signed by the photographer, how much do you think that's worth? Right, right, much more. Yeah, I mean, probably like in the, I would say probably hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars, right? At an auction, maybe, yeah. Mm. What's That's the non-fungible token, is the original negative of that picture that 
is authenticated on a blockchain, so a blockchain authenticates it as the original. Yeah, but um, this is where you you see the coin man's dream, right? Anyone can create a so-called non-fungible token. Yeah, it's, anyone it, can. It's just bullshit, man. It, it smokes and mirrors. Why is it smoke and mirrors? Because it doesn't represent anything else than what is artificially projected onto it. Who's your favorite painter? Um, several, but let's say... Uh, no, but give me one. Give me a, let's a, say Hieronymus Bosch. He's not number one, but okay. he's a good one. Is there any... Now, now in with modern um, copying techniques, mm -hmm. I could create a Hieronymus Bosch yeah. that the world's art expert could not distinguish between the original. That's that's true. That can Probably. be done. Yeah. I've seen, no, I've seen it with Vermeer's. Mm. Where art historians cannot distinguish between the copy and the original. Uh, can I also create an original uh, painting that is in the style of, let's say, Van Gogh? So that, I mean, if they can make copies that good, couldn't they create something new too? That seems it comes from him. Have you have you seen the they they did that with Bach with artificial intelligence? Wow! <laughs> and they created music that art exactly. historians said they said we found this new music of Bach. Here it is. Yeah. Yes, it's Bach, and it was made by AI. <laughs> wow. But anyway, that's a different point. But wow. so if I make a copy of that Hieronymus Bosch, is there any value to the original? Yeah, there is. Well, then, then you just said NFTs are so. Is art a con man? But that's a no. But, but the difference is that's a physical. That's a wait, 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 wait. Let, but hold on, let me finish. Yeah, is yeah. art is a, owning original art a con man's dream? Uh, not original art. No, no. So what's the difference? The difference is that a non NFT is it's digital, is is ones and zeros. Whereas when I hold a piece of art in my hand, it's a physical. It's it's the same as a piece of gold. It's a difference no, between. But if you can't distinguish between the original and the copies, what's the difference between owning the original? If I can't, well, I mean, I can't distinguish not by the eye, not by by. But by, how do you distinguish? Okay, okay, because wait, 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 it's certified. Because but, it's certified by ah, authorities. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah. You're saying that that certification is worth a million dollars and the copy is worth a yeah. hundred. Yeah. Because yeah. of a piece of paper that certifies it, right? Yes. That's, so if you switch it. That's an NFT. That's what an NFT is. That's an NFT. It's that certification. It's, it's a digital certified. That's all it is. Now, you're saying that that NFTs have to be digital. They don't. An NFT, oh, really? could, it could be an apartment in Manhattan. Oh, okay. It would be digital ownership. So imagine you had an NFT of an apartment building, and this is the genius of all of this. Take a building in Manhattan that you wanted to build, and I said, I'm going to turn my building into an NFT, and every square foot of that building is an NFT. Mm -hmm. Then I sell the building as an NFT. That's where the ownership of the building is. Right. Do you see? Yes, it's I a, see. So, so, so could every, let's say every person needs an identity, like you said, or an avatar yeah. in the metaverse. Mm -hmm. Couldn't every single person be an, an um, NFT? Every human being could be an NFT? Oh, you mean sell yourself. <laughs> kind of. I mean, <laughs> own myself. There, oh, is, not sell, there own. is an NFT. Al, let me, let me just give you this one. This was the craziest NFT I've ever seen. This is a system that you take historic figures, okay? Yes. And it uses artificial intelligence to collect all the information on these figures. You own the NFT of this figure. So let's say it's, I don't know, Julius Caesar, right? Yeah, yeah. Then you ask the AI questions of Julius Caesar. That Julius Caesar is an NFT and it answers you the questions. 
So you could do right. that with Al. Imagine I took all of your recordings, right? Some people already suspect me of being an AI. If, you know, if, when you when you write Al, you can't see the difference between AI and AL. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. And then I I sell I own the NFT of Al speaking, and right. an AI an AI is speaking for you. That is already happening after my death. No, but the, uh, that's legitimate, man. Why? Because, why? No, why? Because there is an actual function that it's not just sitting there. It's an actual function that they have uh, created this algorithm to create a service. So that I don't mind as much, actually. But um, if everything digital can have ownership, uh-huh. then uh, then I, I suppose every digital persona would be an NFT or could become an NFT. Yeah, I don't see why that's crazy at all. Slavery is the is the most profitable economy in the old world, right? Yeah. And that's about owning people. When <laughs> why but why I mean, couldn't the same be true digitally? And let me let me put it another way, and this is interesting. Is there anything you own that you own purely for status? Or for affection? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean I, I, but for think of it non economical uh, value, yeah. Yeah. You own things. I'm sure you do. We all have that little quirky thing that we, you know, a Patek Philippe watch or something that we, you know, it just means an enormous amount to us, right? Yeah. We don't own it because it tells the time. No. We own it because of the status, right? Yeah. Sentimental value. In the metaverse, you're going to want status. Right. We're all going to want status. How are you? So, I mean, if you could go buy a fake Patek, remember in Vietnam, you could buy them for like $100? Yeah. There's a big fucking difference between walking around with a fake Patek and having a real one. And it mm. has nothing to do with the watch. It's just how you feel about it. Yeah. No, what it's true. What people have agreed upon. Mm. Exactly. So how do I own a real – how do I wear a real Patek in the metaverse? I buy it from Patek and I have an NFT that is connected to – now, we get this part about the identity. This is where it brings back to – that in my identity, it shows and, and Patek validates it through the blockchain. That yes, Robert bought a real virtual Patek, and it did cost him a thousand bucks. And yes, what he wears is real. <laughs> yeah. So yes, some guy can walk around in the metaverse with a Patek, but it doesn't have the NFT of a Patek. You see? Yeah. This is the future of NFTs, dude. Who decides who can certify digital stuff? Because those will be the oligarchs of. That's the blockchain. That's the blockchain. Uh, uh. And that's why it's decentralized. So everyone has to agree that, yeah, he did, Bob did buy that Patek, and it's certified on the on the blockchain that it's a true Patek by the majority. You see what I mean? It goes all back to what we talked about before about, you know, you get it? How, how can, yes, how, uh, and, and trying deliberately to be as stupid as possible because I want everyone to follow us. But how can this new, uh, two questions. Number one, mm-hmm. obviously the elites are going to stop this from becoming the new economy. But they can't. How are they going to do it? Well, look at uh, Trudeau. He just issued that all, all the freedom protesters mm-hmm. are now declared as terrorists. And not only are they going to cease the GoFundMe collective money, they're also going to cease their individual money. Right. That meaning that if you were uh, one of the protesters, not just a trucker, most of the protesters are not truckers. Mm-hmm. But if you were there on the streets with them, they would cease, they would cancel your insurances. They would cease your, if you had a vehicle, they would seize it and, and cut up the tires and they would cease the mo- collecting money and they would seize your personal bank account. Right. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he just declared 
and this is of course the excuse right that they need that bitcoin uh, cryptocurrency is also going to be taken in the same process so that made me wonder that's one of the reasons i asked you earlier can they find out if can they today find out who among those people have cryptos and can they somehow get to that crypto without their key? Okay. Maybe they can say, you have to give us the key or you get 20 years in prison or something. I don't know. that I can see that as a way that they try to use brute force, right? But The network can know. But can somebody go in and I, that is a good – I think at this point, without making a transaction from that person's key, you can't know. Do you see what I mean? If that person made the transaction. Yeah, but even if you do it from that, they don't know that person's key. So what does that matter if they know? Then, then, then I, I don't think you can. You can. You have to make a transaction from that key to see his, yeah, to see him on the ledger. No, I don't, I don't think you, but you need to ask a tech person that question. But I, I, I heard someone say that you, you can trace the IP addresses at least. Yeah. So I'm guessing they're going to use the IP. And then we're back to my point that there are always an intermediary, even if it's not a conceptual intermediary, just by the fact that you need an IP, right? That's an intermediary. No, so, no, but no, but no, but how does the IP going to tell, how is having his IP going to tell me, oh, you mean going in and, and like searching his computer? And, and, and that- yeah, they don't, they don't need to come physically. They can sit in Langley and, and survey my IP address and know everything I'm doing. Oh, about. you mean, I see what you mean. Enter your computer and check the pages you were on and take like a screenshot. But yeah, how- but they don't have to physically do that anymore. They can do it. Everything in my computer has to go through the same cables that everything else, right? So they can isolate, they can find my, my IP bounces off a million servers, right? That's how they track hackers. Right? Right. But if I have your IP, that doesn't give me access to the blockchain. It just gives me access to a page you were on. No, no, you wouldn't be able to with an IP. No, no, you need much more than an IP. Much more than an IP. Okay, but I think they can retrieve data points that can connect you to... If CIA or NSA or whoever wanted to find out if I was doing crypto transactions, there must be race... Yeah, they could probably see... They could probably see not from the blockchain, but from images that were from like your yeah. from your wallet. From my end. Images from your wallet. From my end. Yeah. On your wallet, they would be able maybe. Mm. But on the blockchain, no. But getting back to Trudeau, yeah. I always thought he was an absolutely useless piece of shit until he did one great thing. What's that? One brilliant thing. Uh-huh. He he gave something to the world that we owe him a lot. And that's what, okay. what he, blackface? <laughs> no, what he no, what he just did. Nothing, nothing is going to help this whole blockchain revolution more than what this jackass just did. Because now people are going to say, wait a second, do I really want the government to control all of my accounts? Because remember, the feds aren't going to give up easy. What they're going to say is they're going to create their own crypto digital currencies and they're going to give you accounts at, at the central bank. And they will control and they'll give you a UBI. So we'll give you your two grand a month and you owe, you know, you owe yourself to them. That's the Trudeau world. And that sounded really good when they sell that to you. Hey, sit home. You know, you play around on porn and Facebook and we give you a little money. And but he just showed the world (laughs) what they really want to do. 
right? Yeah, but but in a, but, but, but in a way that Al, when that did you see that news conference with the cops saying, "Yeah, we yeah. are going to track when that that video was a gift." A gift to the crypto revolution, the blockchain revolution. But how how is it feasible today for them to do anything about this? You mean you mean to go, wait in the current financial system? It's yeah, I mean, today they are saying we are seizing your bank accounts. Yeah, no and your cryptos. Well, they're cryptos. How are they going to seize the cryptos? I don't understand. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. How they go in and seize my Bitcoin? I have no idea. What I think they would do is legally they would say any financial assets that you own you must give to the government and so you go to trial ah so they would declare it illegal yeah. so they can't really control it they can just make sure that if you ever do a public visible they can bust you if you ever you have to they they're driving it underground back underground right what, what, what they would say from a legal standpoint There would be a, a like a legal document, like a judgment against you, saying any assets that you, any crypto assets you, that you own, you must transfer to the government, and that's the judgment against you. But they can't force you to do it, right? Mm. How can they force you to do it? Would they put a gun to your head, right? Right. You see what I mean? So it's a legal judgment, but it's not a yeah. technical no. thing that they no. go in and take it's it. It's not implementable. Now, in your, but, but in your bank, they can. They can just yeah. go to your bank and. Oh, that's the easy piece of cake, and they do it all the time. With they even back in 2010, they did it towards WikiLeaks. Yeah, PayPal, everything just seized all uh, assets, all money that they but, had. But what Trudeau? That was the most beautiful thing he ever did because now people are going to wake up and say, "What? Mm. How am I going to protect my assets?" And people are going to say, "Well, there's one asset that they can't go in and take immediately, all right? Mm. And it's your blockchain assets." He did a beautiful thing for us. He really did. Thank God. He finally did. But, but can't the oligarchs uh, shut it out of the market if they just never include cryptos? As Like uh, my, my friend, again, I revert to him because he taught me most of what little I understand of this. He said that right now there's several countries are looking hard at cryptos to see if they're going to accept them or not. He said China was one of them. And I think China decided not to. But the problem is that if if none of them do it, they are going to lose. Exactly. So it's like they don't have a choice. So Russia has been considering it, even changing from the dollar. And United States of America also are considering integrating crypto into the economy. So, but Al, but what you're saying, but I think you have to you have to make one thing clear. If there's anybody in the world who will convert my Bitcoin to fiat, how are they going to control it? Do you see what I mean? You say the oligarchs are going to – you say you can't use it. It's like saying the oligarchs are going to say you can't use gold to buy my Ford Focus. Fuck off. I'll just sell <laughs> my gold to some guy, buy euros. Yeah. Here's your fucking euros, asshole. They're yeah. not going to take euros? You see right. what I mean? You, you, have to, you have to think about it as an asset. And as long as that asset's convertible to fiat, they have no control over it. That's right. the fundamental issue. Right. And the thing about usage is it's getting too big for them to completely block it out as an asset to say, we will not allow any person in the world to convert cryptocurrencies to fiat. I think that I think that train left the station. Oh, I hope you're right. My friend also said that the reason, I mean, they hate it, but on the, it, it's, it's a perfect situation for us, the common yes. man, commoner, because on the one hand, 
they hate it because they know it will uh, make their economy in invalidated it will uh, erode the value of their own economy it's like it's the same as we saw with the new media and the old media it's the newspapers yes. newspapers and television they really didn't want to give it up but they knew they had no choice which is why alphabet purchased youtube which is why youtube was facilitated as an um what what you say these homes for geriatrics what's that in english um oh the nursing homes yeah so th- that's why youtube became a nursing home for the old stream media so they went in the kicking and screaming but youtube at least they could rig and control if it was web 3.0 good luck but it was web 2.0 so they could rig and control it and and still have some power now they're in the same predicament they hate cryptos but on the other hand, if they don't do anything and do it now, they know they can't wait. They can't wait until all the people in the world are on cryptos because then they, they have already lost all the values. Yes. Well, not from resources, though, but they've lost a lot of value. So they have to get in now. But and that's the problems of these countries. Do you agree with that assessment he gave me? You just made a brilliant point. When they came out with YouTube, they thought, oh, this is fantastic because we don't have to make the content. We'll get all these fucking idiots on here. And make no, 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 no. You misunderstood me. Al, let me finish my point. Yeah. We'll get all these assholes on YouTube to make content and we'll sell the advertising. And this is brilliant. This no. is great. Wait, wait. Just the, yeah, Al. But it's not, they didn't say it's brilliant. It's great. They say this is horrible. But wait, well, let me, let me, I used to work, dude, I, I worked in advertising in the 2000s. I remember when YouTube came on. This is, oh, this is another fucking ad place we can get idiots to make the content. We don't have to put content on. They'll fucking make the content. YouTube said we'll that. The, YouTube said that. Yes. Everybody said that. No. This because, then you're missing the point because the, the point was that the reason the whole 2016 thing happened, shadow banning, all that stuff is exactly what you're saying, but opposite. Look, it's very but simple. Al, go back, Those but who, wait, are, but just, who owns wait, the products? Wait, wait. But just wait, wait one second. Go back to 2006 and 2007. I worked on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. All of our income from advertising. It was all fucking advertising, right? Mm-hmm. We had to create content. Stick it on the internet, porn, gambling, wherever the fuck it was, yep. to get idiots to get on the internet so we can sell advertising to them, right? Right, right. It costs money to create content. Content's a major fucking pain in the ass. But if I can create a platform where the fucking monkeys make the content and I sell the advertising. No, you're missing the point. Is, but wait, can I? Finish? I, I understand just what you're let, saying. Just let me finish, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I finish? Okay, finish. If the monkeys are making the fucking uh, content, I'm selling the advertising. This is fucking great, right? Mm-hmm. Until the monkeys started making content that was being watched more than the content that the controllers were making. But mm-hmm. they realized it too late. And that's the point. It was too late. The train had already left the right. station. They right. had lost control. And with crypto, it's the same thing. They're looking at this going, what the fuck is this? And you see how hard it is to understand the power of this? Yeah. These people don't get it. And they've gotten it too late. And that's what what I tell you about Zuckerberg is no fucking idiot. He realized, holy shit, I'm losing control of this metaverse thing. If this truly becomes decentralized Facebook, I have nothing to do here, right? Look at the usage of Facebook in the last – you know why Facebook stock dropped? You know why it stopped? Dropped. Yeah, because because users are going down. It's become a they, geriatric institution. They reached everybody's on TikTok. They reached the they new. reached peak Facebook. 
Yeah. For the first time in history, for the first time in history, That's worldwide, right. their numbers are starting to creep down. And, and, and the good news, the same is true for Google. Yeah. I just had a guest on who's told me that for the first time in history, TikTok is bigger than Google. Yes. TikTok was the most viewed website in uh, 2021. Yeah. But, but now look at the nonsense on TikTok. But, but... It looks like nonsense now. TikTok looks like YouTube used to look like when it was all these stupid, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So, so now we're back to my point. So my point was the following, and, and this is crucial to understand the difference for people out there. Okay. The uh, oligarchs were in uh, the predicament that everything was correct as you portrayed it. In the beginning, uh, when YouTube wasn't o- owned by the oligarchs, it was a free platform for people to express themselves, like TikTok. Although that's not free, it it's, has all the uh, controls of YouTube, etc. But here's the thing. All stream media, you were working in advertisement. Mm-hmm. Now, who did the products that you were advertising? That was the multinational corporation. So they, it was their products. Now, right. who paid you for viewers to watch it? That was also the multinational. No, of course. No, of right? Course. Okay. Course. So that's two of three. Now, then YouTube did the advertisement and who got the money? That was people like me. Now, obviously, they don't want independent media to be what everybody's watching and then sell their products via us and pay us because that's money out from their multinational corporations to the independent media. And that's what was, was going on in the beginning. Then they seized YouTube. Yeah. And then they slowly started to phase out user creator content where, which is a black hole for them and replacing it with already produced content that they control from uh, newspapers and televisions. And that way, those who get the advertisement money is their own companies. That way, there's not a leak in their system. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's a good uh, metaphor for what's going on now, because what's going on now is that more and more people are stopping using... It's like this old New Age cliche, right? They say, if you uh, become a part of the solution, right? So, And the libertarian always argue, well... The socialists argue, if you want to stop the shit, you have to regulate it and you have to fight it. The libertarians say, well, not just, don't just give attention to it, which is not always that easy. But here it is true. Yeah. Because if nobody uses money anymore, everybody does like the desperate people in Afghanistan and Nigeria do. The reason those people are turning to crypto is not idealism. It's because they have no choice. We have still a choice. And for me, it's still more of a carrot to continue using fiat. But if I come in a situation where I have no choice, I will just turn my back to the old system and go fully into the new. new. Yeah. And that's the way it's going. That's why Bitcoin, I, I argue, has become more and more valuable and is expanding. It's not because someone is launching it or, or someone is planning it or controlling it. It's because it's natural. It's a trend. Yes. It happens from the bottom. So let's say that happens then. Then all the oligarchs and the nation state are fucked. So they now need to get on board with crypto, even if they like it or not. And then I ask you, uh, Robert, to turn to macro politics. Which states? I know some countries already have done this. El El Salvador, I believe, is the first country that will accept crypto. Now, this is incredibly important from an economics, especially from an academic economic standpoint. Mm -hmm. What MMT says is, and a lot of, a lot of economists will say money What money is, is a sovereign tax credit. Right. 
And the demand for that credit is you have to pay taxes. So I've, as long as I can produce money, there's always a demand for it, right? Because mm-hmm. you got to pay taxes. So you're always going to have to convert whatever asset you have into that sovereign tax credit to pay to, to pay your taxes, right? Right, right. So that's the power that the state has over currency. And a lot of economists would make the argument that that's all currency is, is a sovereign tax credit. That's all mm. it is. Mm. You, you said it was a symbol for barter, an expression of barter. Now, yeah. Now that's, but that's more rudimentary. That's the Austrian view. That's the Austrian right, view, right? But that's right, not right, the okay. mainstream view. The mainstream economists would probably tend, especially nowadays, take the Biden administration or AOC or progressive Democrats in the United States, progressives in Europe, would see money as a sovereign tax credit. I see money as a store of value, which fundamentally is a store of my work. Right. That's how I see it. That's what you said. Yeah, you said that last time. And Bitcoin, Bitcoin can store value independent of any single entity controlling it. Mm. It's beyond, it's it's completely decentralized. But the the question is from from a governance standpoint, And I'm not so sure about this, Al. Mm-hmm. Do we want to live in a truly decentralized blockchain world? Because remember, remember, once these rules are created, they can't be broken. And so you're, it's, it's like I, always, I often ask my students, do you want to live, at, no, no offense to Scandinavian countries, but <laughs> do you want to live in Scandinavia where there's no corruption? I mean, you, you guys don't have a whole lot of The weather is the problem. <laughs> no, it, it, no, no. And people from older cultures mm. really have no interest in living in a culture that is completely um, decentralized, legalized, rule based. Mm. That's not how a lot of people want to live. Right. Mm-hmm. It, 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 they want to live in a high context culture where, yeah, if I go to the hospital and my cousin is the director, you know, I don't have to wait in line. Right. Mm-hmm. They want to live in a world where that means something. That right. relationship uh, means something. And that's why this this whole blockchain thing is much more appealing to you northern Europeans. You guys love this stuff. You get hard-ons when you hear it. Because yeah. you're like, wow, all the rules that we love. We love to drive you know, correctly and we yeah. don't jump in front of each other and we stand in line. And you come to you know, high-context, old cultures, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I come from my family in Italy. You know, it's a very different than being in Norway. I mean, there's great <laughs> combinations of Norwegians who go to Italy and just laughing at how people park and, you know, jumping in line and your cousin gets you a loan from the bank and all this kind and of the stuff. The best example you can do is um, bargaining, haggling, negotiating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, because uh, people from other cultures, they don't get it. Like you insult people in Scandinavia if you try to bargain or haggle. But in some countries, it's expected. In fact, in some countries, you insult them if you don't try to uh, haggle or bargain. So that's yeah. how different cultures can be. I totally get your point. You spot on with the Scandinavian uh, zeitgeist. Yeah. Uh, they like a predictable system. They, they yes. like a system that's trans, uh, trans. what's the word? Trans, you can see through Transparent. it. Transparent. Transparent. They like a system that is uh, fair, like uh, doesn't make uh, yeah e- equal. 
which is kind of is. It's not equal in that. I'm guessing that if some smart person bought 90% of the bitcoins back in the day, he can just come. That that's a weakness in the system. You can just take over the entire economy if you just sit on it. Again, I'm back to the point. I'm convinced that at some point they will develop a way to put back into business the money that has somehow gone out. Keys are lost. No, no. Te- te- technically, technically, that I'm, 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 I can firmly tell you mm-hmm. that. It's no easier to do that than to take money from a live person. No easier. No easier. Okay. But getting back to your point here, do we really want to live in this decentralized rule-based world? Because I don't. I come from, I mean, my roots are Southern European. I like high context. I like when I know someone. High high context is code for riggable. (laughs) No, high high context. No, 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 absolutely not. High context means relationship-based. Yeah, riggable. And low context, Northern European cultures are rule-based. It's very different. Very different. If something's relate, If if you spend any time in Asia, everything is relationship-based. It's all context. Yeah, down to marriage. And if you go Northern Europe, Americans, Scandinavians, Germans, you guys love everything having a rule. And we do this and we do that and we say this. No, in, in, in high-context cultures, it's who you know, who your relation, you're, you are your relationships. Mm. For you guys, you are who you are. I'm me, I'm Al, I own this, I have that. High context. Cold. No, no. Here, here, it doesn't matter who you are. That's but, the point. But you, it doesn't matter who you are because you are who you are. In high context cultures, we are our relationships. That's all we are. We don't exist. Who you are, who you are is everything. In those it, exactly, it's very different. And here, it doesn't matter. And I, I personally, my personality, my background, my ethnicity is mm. high context. It's all about right, relationships. Right. That's what I like. Yeah, yeah. And the blockchain world is. You guys are going to run the world. It's the Scandinavian. Yeah, but but you can say as a counter to that, we're just talking economy. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the world can go continue, you know, culturally. Uh, well, well, not really, because everything is going to be done on the. Imagine, imagine, imagine human resources in the blockchain world. Oh yeah, Web three O. Back to that. Yes, man. yes. Metaverse. Go back. You see how it's all going to yeah. change. Who's yeah. going to take over the AI? Does AI like blockchain? Of course. Look, I agree with you that if there was no breaks, if the tech companies could do as they wanted and everything, it's, it's yes, it's unavoidable. It is where it's heading. But we can't just bypass human control. Uh, if the neoliberal political system collapses, if the fiat money system collapses, if populism takes gets power in certain countries more and more, mm-hmm. then you can actually try to get some political control over this. You can have a decree because people want to vote for this to happen. People don't want this to happen. So if there are some ways for people to express their will of deciding their life and the future, I can see breaks and obstacles to this so-called unavoidableness. But the principle is correct anyway, and the technology, to a certain extent, will force such an evolution. I'm not sure we'll all end up, uh, you know, interacting with AIs, with uh, Googles on us, and uh, everything is virtual. I'm not so sure that is an unavoidable future, because, look, like Joe Rogan argued in one of his shows when he discussed this with, I think it was Ben Shapiro, he said, it's so vulnerable. What if there, it's a power outage? What if there's a 10x uh, electromagnetic pulse? Anything can happen. Yeah. And then it's back to the, the best, the survivors will be the, the cavemen. Again, the best survivors will be those 
rural people in poor countries. Like I mentioned Nigeria. You know, in the pandemic, those countries are the worst and the best, actually. The worst are the cities in third world countries, but the best who are least affected economically and physically by the pandemic are rural people in those countries. Yeah. Like you want to be a rural poor farmer or poor tribesperson or something in a poor country because you've hardly noticed the, the pandemic. And and so I, I think those are the people who will be kings also in, in a, such a dystopia, in my view. That but when I, just, of- I would just say, though, here, have you ever listened to Musk? Because Musk says some things sometimes that are very interesting. His whole thing about how we have to go to Mars and we have to become go beyond Earth. What he's talking about, I think, in a certain way is he's saying the network has to become so large, so extended, not just across the Earth, but across many different planets. Uh-huh. That once the network is that large, it's not vulnerable to these events of right. regional events. I think that's a little bit what he's saying. And if you think about it that way. Yeah, it was, it was true once. If, if you think about it. It can it, be true again. If you go 5,000 years in the future or 10,000 years in the future, how big is this network going to be? Is it going to be the whole solar system? Or, or in the past. Oh, right. But you see what I mean? You see when it grows. And when you start thinking about that way, do what are we exactly? Are we part of just a network? Are we a node in a massive network? Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. Evolutionarily. Yeah. I mean, you can take it to that level. You can indeed. And it gets very interesting when you get when you get it out that far. Are we just evolving into what we're supposed to be? Is this the point of our evolution? You got to believe at some point that that's what's happening. It's not the point to our evolution, but it's up. Point, point in point. our yeah, yeah exactly. in our evolution. Yeah, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, I want to make another point before we uh, wind down here. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that all this brouhaha around MMT that we discussed a lot last time, yeah, especially all the good things with MMT. Seriously, it seems that. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems to me that crypto represents all the truisms of MMTs, only that. MMT can really not, as long as MMT is implemented based on a fiat currency, it actually has, and that's the motivation, I guess, is being used by the current oligarchs. It has many weaknesses and drawbacks that we are suffering from. Whereas all the positive aspects of MMT in the fiat system is actually true for crypto. So what I'm saying is that crypto represents MMT, only all the good things with MMT, but none of the bad things with MMT. No, I would have to really, really push back on that. Okay, okay. MMT, all modern monetary theory is saying is that any amount of money can be produced as long as there's some free productive capacity in the culture. So isn't that true for for, for Bitcoin? No, no. How can you produce? You can't create Bitcoins. You can't create. Yeah, yeah, you can create it the same way you create money. How? Because even if there's, let's say there's only thousand bitcoins around, right? And a million people want those thousand bitcoins. Uh-huh. Then, uh, it's like one bitcoin then beco- uh, suddenly has the value of 10 bitcoins. So, so it, it expands in the micro world. That's why it's a pyramid. Wait, wait, you're talking about, don't, but you're confusing divisibility. Yes. Divisibility. Remember, divisibility is a completely different thing. The, the genius of Bitcoin is it's old, it, it's divisible to, you know, Satoshis. What's a Satoshi? 
It is. Oh, that's the, is that the name of the guy who uh, incepted this? Right, but A Satoshi is. Hold on, because I get all this. I always get this confused. A Satoshi is how many bitcoins? It's one. Oh, hold on. Oh, it's a, it's a term for a value of bitcoins. Right. It's. Oh God. Okay. So it's um. That's one ten millionth of a bitcoin is a Satoshi. Okay. Okay. So that's all it is. So when we talk about divisibility, this doesn't mean you can give it to people. Who's going to give you? Who's going to give you the Bitcoin? Right? Someone's got to give it to you. <laughs> who's going to give it to you? It's an asset. What do you mean? I don't understand. What do you mean? You can't just take a Bitcoin. You can't say, okay, I have one Bitcoin, which is worth $30,000, right? Yeah. You want to divide that into Satoshis? So it's like, it's one 10 million, mm -hmm. right? So I can divide it into that. My, my Bitcoin can become 10 million Satoshis. That's what a Satoshi is, right? Okay. Well, who's going to give you the Bitcoin? Well, that happens automatically in the system. How, what do you mean? You, someone's just going to say, you can have one? Well, uh, I transfer it from my wallet oh, you, to yours. Okay, but you're giving me the Bitcoin. Okay, great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. But someone's got to give it to you, <laughs> right? You can't just create it. Well, you, you, you're going to buy it when you enter. Oh, exactly. I don't understand. What's the difference between MMT and Bitcoins? Uh, when I say it has the good aspects of MMT, how is that not true? Where Where is the difference? You're very good at pointing out these specifics. Right. So in, in modern monetary theory, right, mm -hmm. they say that money isn't a hard asset. It's not, it's not a commodity. And that's it's true for Bitcoin. Right, right. But mm. modern modern theory says money is a sovereign tax credit and the government can produce as much sovereign tax credits as there's free productive capacity in the economy. So running the United States, we could give everybody a thousand dollars a month because there's so many trillions of dollars of free capacity in the world. Fields that aren't being plowed, uh, trees that aren't being cut down. Um, computers that aren't factories that aren't running at full capacity, we can give everybody a job and give them money. Mm. If Bitcoin maximalists, the maximalist Bitcoinists, Bitcoin guys are hardcore libertarians. You only get what you earn. You own your work. You see the difference? I own my work and nobody can devalue my work. I think what's needed here to understand, mm -hmm. uh, if Marx was present now, right. how would he explain? Because he's good at explaining how the capital works. We understand it for right. the old currency. Sure, sure, sure. How would he explain it in terms of Bitcoin? If Bitcoin now, all currency were uh, tomorrow were closed down and only Bitcoins were worked, mm -hmm. were, were operated. Wouldn't the old maxims that he uh, analyzed for the world, like, for example... The means of production. Uh, like the means of production. Yeah, the means, means yeah, what, yeah, my work, my value is what, how much energy I put into something. Right. Why is that different if we just use Bitcoin instead of dollars? I don't understand. Yeah, but from a Marxist standpoint, the means... Not a Marxist, no, no, from a Marxist analyst standpoint, not a Marxist right. ideological standpoint, but oh, an analyst. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. So say I'm an old school Marxist, and I'm tying, uh, and you No, have you're just an old school economist who uses Marx. You know, Marx is used for, it, Marx is, is more than just like an ideological inspirator for a political solution. Sure, sure, what sure. Marx first did before he launched us, first he analyzed capitalism. He wrote us right, Capital. He was an economist. He was an economist. No, I mean, I'm familiar. Yes, I'm familiar. he's an economist and he's, no. he's still being used in the schools. Let me just say this to educate the listeners. Sure. So then when he realized all the problems with capitalism, he tried to come up with a solution 
And that solution is called Marxism, although today it's lost all meaning because they also use it for cultural stuff, which is historically incorrect. But anyway, old school terminology, Marxism then is a solution to the problems of capitalism. I'm not talking about that. No, that, no, no I, I disagree. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You get it, but let me fulfill uh, the sentence. So that means you can use fascism and have cryptocurrency. You can use maybe not corporatism, actually, but you can use socialism. You can use all sorts of systems still. It's still just a currency, although it does, but it fucks with the system too, like you tried to tell us today. But my point is, from an analyst perspective, economic analyst perspective, Marx is very good in explaining how money, work, and all this is tied together with the old system. How would he explain it in a new? That's that's what I mean. But I, ju- I just want one thing I think important. It's what you're describing Marxism as, as an interpretation, not a solution. Exactly. That's, it's an that's, interpretation. Very important distinction. Yes. yes now, correct. MMT in its core, and I've studied MMT quite a bit, yes. is also an interpretation. Right. Now, there are MMT solutions, but that becomes political. It's a little bit different. Yeah. From a Marxist interpretation of Bitcoin, I would say he would see it as a financial asset that would be very comparable to gold. And what is gold? Gold is simply a financial asset, which would be a store of work. And Bitcoin would be seen as, as I described it as a store of value. And that value is the work that went into creating the asset and the work that goes into creating Bitcoin is an algorithmic, like computer operation and the energy, he would interpret it as the energy that went in to make the calculation in the, in the ledger. So it would, the value of it would be the energy that went into making the change on the ledger from a Marxist standpoint. But isn't that just a button push? No, no, it would be about all the how would you say the the computer ah, because remember the computer has has to make these calculations imagine an excel sheet all those calculations yeah. in the in the excel sheet that physical process mm-hmm. imagine if it was done manually yeah. <laughs> you had a million yeah. dudes had to yeah. change that the the date and the time and the calculation all of that work that's what he would see as a bitcoin from that. It would be sexy. It would be sexy to become. Uh, yeah, it would be sexy again to become an accountant and an auditor. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but Marx still pointed out that the value of your work, surplus mm-hmm. capitalism, right? That's right. sucking out surplus value from other people. Yes. That's me finding ways. Whether like in in the current system, I rig it. I exploit and rig and manipulate the current system to extract your surplus value. Right. In a socialist system, mm-hmm. you remove just a component of me rigging. And in a socialist system, it's meritocracy, ideally, right? In practice, it's often corruption and uh, even a worse uh, dictatorship. But the idea of a socialist system, not a social democratic system, because that's uh, preserving the capitalism, just using it a little more, I, I guess, a little more justice or a little more fair, maybe. Mm-hmm. But in a classical one, then um, socialist one, then uh, you would still extract surplus value of people, but it would be merit-based. But the same is the point of the libertarians. They say, look, um, we believe in ultimate meritocracy. In other words, the state is not collectively coming in and saying that 
we should force some things to be useful and and th- therefore sure. yeah be spent on the collective but it's basically every man for himself or every organization for himself their weakness is that they don't rein in the big corporation. The socialists' weakness is that they don't rein in the big state. Yeah. So the socialists are, agree about the fear of huge corporations, but they're blind for the problem with the state. And the libertarians are blind often for the big corporations, but they can see the problem with the state. But as I understand it, mm-hmm. you could say that MMT could work also with uh, even Marxism, uh, all sorts of political solutions could be used with cryptos instead of fiat money. See, I, I would fi- see. I think that's where this conversation. I think this is where we ultimately had to wind up because I would I would say that if you go into the the crypto world, you're going to find the Bitcoin maximalists, right? Yeah, they are in general old school Austrians, yeah. hardcore libertarians. Mm. And they're, they've basically are converts from gold to, um, to Bitcoin. Yeah. Now, when you look at progressives, they're generally very, very leery of, of Bitcoin because they see it as sort of an Austrian, an Austrian school sort of. Yeah, but that's irrational, right? That's cultural stigma. What if they go but in with you, a cold analysis? But how do you as a government that owns the means of production, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm the government. I own all the means of production. And like you said, that surplus is divvied up from each according to his ability through work and each according to his needs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's divvied up that way. Okay. Where does, what does Bitcoin function in that society? Simply as a store of value. So when you get that surplus, how do I transfer that surplus to the state? To put it into another asset or to divide it up and distribute it to each according to his needs. Yeah. Yes, Bitcoin could work there. But then again, I don't really see the value there. I mean, fine. I, I see another problem. How can they look uh, the anonymity thing, right? How can they find out? It's the same problem Trudeau has right now. Yeah. How can he actually implement? Yeah, he may scream and shout about Bitcoin, crypto. But in reality, he has no power over it. And if the state has no way to find out how they can have power over it, they're fucked, man. Because they have to. If everybody turns to crypto, they're going to end up powerless, actually. But that's the whole point now. And do we really want to live in a world where governments are powerless, where, where all decisions are consensus? Voluntary. I had a Magober on, I guess. He, he was arguing that it can happen with voluntary taxes. Like, you know, in Denmark, for example, when, when you pay tax in Denmark, you can cross off which uh, sections you don't want your tax dollars to go to. Oh. So in theory, if 100% said we don't want one dime to go to military, they would have to reduce the military. But of course, not all income is from tax, but at least people could believe their karma was clean. Now, in reality, there's always going to be idiots, right? So you never go, and that, that's why they, I think they implement this seeming democracy over taxes because they know that when you, uh, and uh, sum up the whole population, 
there will be a certain amount of distribution of where money it's not like 100% goes to healthcare right okay so there will always be and then they can compensate to adjust tweak around the edges with state income from other resources yeah and that's what i guess will be the solution if bitcoin was implemented or cryptocurrency in the future that the state would still have income from other things than taxes in fact they would have sales tax i believe you call it yeah like a VAT tax. You say VAT tax. We say sales tax. Yeah, but it's the same thing. That's right. That's right. That's right. Value added. So, and that's a bigger tax than personal income. So I don't see the big problem that personal income tax would be uh, removed because you can still control that by, for example, saying, like a law, uh, you cannot give a salary more than this or that. But, you but can I'm, have like you have like you have a minimum salary. Mm-hmm. You could also have a maximum salary, uh, and that could be huge, right? So you could still have room for you know, uh, huge differences, right? So it's not like inherited socialist because you could say it's allowed to have to earn $1 million per minute, <laughs> right? So it but, was now, be- let's, let's, just, let's just simplify this a little bit, no? Yeah, but, but is it true? Imagine, but just imagine in the coronavirus, okay? Mm-hmm. In, that, in the pandemic, if we had a Bitcoin world, right? Yeah. And the coronavirus hit. Mm-hmm. Now, the U.S. budget deficit in 2020 was $2.7 trillion, okay, mm-hmm. of total income. I think the, I think the whole uh, – no, it, it, no, $3 trillion, $3 trillion, and I think they brought in maybe in tax revenue, maybe $4 trillion, mm. something like that. Mm. So almost – you know, it was like 30 or 40% more than they got in they spent, right? Mm. Imagine in a Bitcoin world – what would we do? Because you can't print money. So what happens? The state can have uh, other income sources. Like in Norway, we have oil. Okay. Okay. No, but no, but no. But what I'm saying, the coronavirus hits, right? Mm-hmm. You can't print money. So all of a sudden, the economy contracts because people can't go to work. We can imagine a real coronavirus, like something. That- no, there will still be transactions. Right. It just went digital. Is all. No, but what I'm saying is the government printed money they created money you can't create bitcoins so the government can get taxes but- no you but you have the bit you don't have to create them they're already there no no but you, I'm, no. I'm talking about resources no right? but you, okay okay but the but because what- you look just quickly at the end of the line those who will be the uh, rich people of the future are, are who owns the resources okay that's what matters. Okay. So if, if the state only have digit, only have fiat money, yeah, they're fucked, but they still have resources. So it, with crypto, you remove all the bullshit taxes and you still can, the state can still have income in, in, in forms of indirect taxes like that or by owning resources like oil or the trains or great, whatever. Great. I, I know, but Al, I get that. But imagine they, they have their, their income, but you get a real pandemic. Okay. Mm-hmm. People go home and they stop working. Does the government get less taxes or more taxes? Less, right? Because yeah. they're not, they're transacting less and they're working less, yeah. right? Yeah. So instead of having a hundred, it has 50. Mm-hmm. Now, when we had the, this coronavirus, the government just printed money like crazy. They created the money out of nothing. You can't create bitcoins out of nothing. So if they have less, they can't spend more than they have. Yeah. They can manipulate the markets, but that's just an advantage. No, but it's not manipulating. It's sending people money. It's actually sending people saying, you know, you, you don't, you know, here, here company X, 
Here's money to pay salary. Okay, 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 okay. Let's say the state then does the following. They can't send money. So what they do is they take some of the income mm-hmm. because they're still transactions. They're still selling oil. They're still doing services, whatever. Less. Producing less food. Oil, less oil. And they're producing less food. Okay. Right, right. But then they right. send portion of those cryptos. The, those cryptos will be more valuable then, right? Why? Because there's, there's less demand. If people are are staying home, they're not working, they have less money, there's less demand. Well, if Finish. there's l- less demand, then what's the problem? Right. But what happened What happened in the coronavirus is the government was able to print money, send it to people, right? Yeah. Keep them alive, keep them going, keep the no, economy. No, but look, it's the resources that are keeping them alive. It's just no, a manipulation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. But, but when you have, when you have like excess resources, the ability to create money, mm-hmm. for example, during the Second World War, mm-hmm. all economics went out the window and governments just started printing money like crazy. And like you said, but making real assets, mm-hmm. tanks, guns, planes. But when you don't have that capacity to say, we'll spend the money now, we'll print it out now, it puts limits on the power of government. And in certain moments, in certain historical... Sorry, I don't understand that. Oh, I, I see what you mean. You're saying, well, if all the factories are there and all the farms are there that produce the food, what difference does it make if the economy contracts? Yeah, I don't, I don't see. I, I fail to see. I listen to what you're saying and I'm understanding what you're saying, I think. But right. I can't connect it to. I don't understand why the state will lose more power. The only thing, they would lose some schemes. That's true. Some they schemes. Lose a lot of schemes. Have you ever had a family situation where things weren't so. No, but it's not good to clean up the state so that it, it starts yeah. doing earnest business. But have you ever even, had... even Muslims would be happy? Yeah, you know but... how Muslims can't allow interest and exploitation. No, I... even they will be. Uh, what I'm seeing here is that crypto can but, but, work. Hold on, but just let me make one point. One point. Have you ever been in a family? I want you to make more than one point. I'm just saying uh-huh. what I see here is that no matter what political system you want to implement. You can do it with cryptos, and that system will be clean. So if you want socialism, you can actually implement it with cryptos, and it will be clean. If you want a Muslim economy, you can do that with cryptos, and it will be clean. You see what I mean? You just The only difference is you're removing some rigging aspects, like this inflation of printing money out of thin air. That's the only difference I can see. But please enlighten me, and I'll give you plenty of time to answer No, but I, I, I see your point. You're making a good point, because you're saying what's true in the world are real assets, food, bread, tractors. Yes, plus how we organize it. That's where capitalism, socialism, those things comes in. Right. But there is a market element to it. I mean, I think you'd agree. To all there systems. Is a market. Yes, to all systems. Yeah. No, there's real mar- I mean, even, market. Even in communism, market. only there, there's state capitalism, right? Right. But markets serve a purpose, right? Yeah. And these markets serve a purpose by reallocating assets, time, energy quite quickly and incredibly efficiently. But mm-hmm. markets, I think we'd agree, need currency. They need money to work. Without it, if we're in a barter situation, markets can can collapse. And then there's a real problem getting those resources from one place to another place efficiently. No? Mm. Agree? Okay. Mm. But so I'm going back to the situation. Have you ever been in a family situation, say a, a large family situation where you have a real financial problem? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you don't have a house and you don't have a car, but a couple guys get out of work and the whole family's having an issue. Mm. It's a big issue. Doesn't mean that, that they're not going to survive, but it's, it's getting difficult. And then someone comes in and says, Hey, look, I can loan you 20 grand for a couple months. 
will get you out of, you see what I mean? Yeah. By having the ability to inject money quickly in a, in a complex system, a market, mm-hmm. it invigorates it really quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you might call that rigging, and you're completely correct in saying, well, the food is here, and the trucks are there, and the planes are there. What's the problem? The money is what makes the market work. And that the genius of markets and the genius of capitalism is allocation, right, of time, energy, quickly. If the government doesn't have the ability to print money, it takes away a real powerful tool for them, especially in critical situations, to move things in a direction that we need. You see what I mean? But it also, like you said, there's a million schemes to steal, too. Yeah. But all I'm saying is in this blockchain future, there are going to be a lot of rules and there's not going to be a lot of schemes, but sometimes it might be necessary in a dire situation. I could see that, but 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 then you can say if it's that dire and special, they can find all the means to come yeah. up with the same uh, solutions. True, true, true. No, absolutely true. All I'm saying is that look, the economy is so. There's a reason why the economy never has been democratic. There's a reason for that, and that's that the buck stops <laughs> literally with the economy. It's the real power in the world. It's always been that. It's not the only power in the world. Even ideas are power. But it's at, it's the end of the line. It's the brute force. When you say the economy, what do you mean? I'm just saying that when that's never been democratically influenced and now for the first time has the possibility to, maybe we, we may lose something, but it's a better win to secure that the economy is going to stay democratic and then everything else can be up for grabs. Culture, politics, how we organize stuff, that can be up to every nation and every people. But if we try now, because what's the alternative? The alternative is to, yeah, the state have some power, but at the end of the day, especially now in this corporatism, it's the oligarchs who really wield the power. Back in the day of Stalin and Hitler and Mussolini, the states control the corporations. Today, the corporations control the states. So yeah. the states are lost anyway. So might as well not just transfer the power to the people, have a fully de- decentralized. I- I'm getting more in the old paradigm. Yeah. I can see a, a good case for, let's say, socialism because the alternative was that, for example, in, in, in the Goldback Austrian school economy, there's a finite resources and those who controlled the um, uh, majority were the old uh, oligarchs. But today, most of the people, there's so many, as, uh, so much value in fictional uh, assets. In, in, in yeah. The more money they print, the more is at stake for the current rulers. Uh, 90% of them will go under. Those who will remain of the old rulers, uh, not the states though, but uh, talking about uh, in the uh, private market, will be those who own most of the resources. And that's the saving graces of the states too. If the states sell, privatize all the resources, I've never been in favor of that. That's where I depart with libertarians. Okay. I want to state, like in the oil here in Norway, what saved Norway was that we decided that it belonged to everyone. It wasn't, it's like the air, right? The, uh, the air you breathe or the water you drink. So I think there's a case to be made for mm-hmm. getting crypto to take over and the state will have to find legitimacy through more traditional means, like putting in real, like you can have a profit tax there. What, what is the Tobin tax? 
but let go of the personal taxes. The personal taxes are unfair anyway, and that's where the right and the left has been most distracted. Fighting over has been precisely the question of personal taxes. When you remove that component, the right and the left will come much easier together, and it's easier to have a top-bottom perspective. So I see so many solutions for, for this. And government will become a service provider. Yeah. Controlled through a DAO, a decentralized organization, autonomous organization. Democratic, yes. It, but it would be hyper-democratic. Yes. And I'm just saying this hyper-democracy, there are parts of it that I not necessarily, I almost find unnatural. Centralist capitalism and centralist socialist will have to go with the dodo bird. You're flattening, you're flattening. Yeah, you're flattening. Yes. And look at, look at, look at countries like, take China, take China. There was a very high-level Chinese official who said something that was fascinating. He was talking to a high-level American diplomat. Mm. And he, you know what he said to the diplomat? He said, "What? Do, no, it was a journalist, but a, a good journalist. He said, what do you think the biggest threat to China is? And the journalist said, well, the United States or I don't know. Bullshit. The, it's cryptocurrency. No, no, no. Because China is state capitalist no, in but, economy. But, but, oh, no, but, oh, sure, but, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Go on. So he said, what do you think the biggest threat to China is? And the guy said, you know, the United States, the whole bullshit story of that. He said, no, the biggest threat to China are the Chinese tech companies. Right. And what he meant was cryptocurrency, not only cryptocurrency, but blockchain organizations that are completely decentralized. Mm. How can you have a CCP with DAOs? It does, I mean, it's, it's the antithesis of it. Mm. So if the future of technology is this in, in culture is blockchain decentralized, there's no CCP. It disappears. So now you're talking about the organizational aspect of yes, and, and that is more important culturally, politically and economically, because I mm. explained what would what the decentralized Facebook would look like. Yeah. There are no more Mark Zuckerberg's with billions of dollars or Jeff Bezos with billions of dollars. no. This money is spread out. But is this what I, my point is, is this the nature of, of human culture to live in decentralized? Yeah, I think it's the future. We economy. like to say democratic. Yeah, I'm not so sure it is. OK, OK, uh, fair enough. I'm making a value judgment here yeah. now, but I, I, I'm taking heed for that. I may change my opinion as I get better and more data points. Mm-hmm. I, I, and granted, the technical aspects of what we've discussed today, both of us are unsure of. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so so, we may have some technical errors in our... And that may be frustrating some of the geeks listening in. But as far as when we talk about the meta aspect, it's up for grabs. Nobody's right or wrong, right? So there is qualified speculation. And, and that's why I'm challenging you so much today because yeah, yeah. I, I have to understand it from my perspective. And you know, like I'm probably wrong in many of my <laughs> challengings, but I have to because I'm not an expert. I have to come from the layman. Like the idiot questions is my prerogative to ask. But I would say that if anyone's listening, the macro view I'm giving, well, like you said, it's it's very it, there's it's certainly speculative. Mm. I have I've been I've been in I've I've seen one revolution and I worked in it. Yeah, and I'm seeing you know I've been. I've been nostalgic for the 90s in a lot of ways. Tech bubble. And when I got a whiff of this, and I've talked to people my age, Gen Xers who were there in their 20s and early 30s in the internet revolution, and has that changed the world? It fucking has. Yes. And I'm getting a whiff of something that makes that look 
you know, like yeah, small, like, small. Yeah. Yeah. Because these changes are profound. And like they we're are. getting back to the beginning of our conversation on Russia. I lived in Russia. Russia is is the the antithesis of this. It's hyper centralization of everything. Mm. Everything. Media, money, economics. Hyper and you see what what they do. With I mean, it was under Soviet, but uh, there's a lot of oligarchs. Uh, it's not state centralized in 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 Russia. Is that what you're saying? It's that it is state centralized. Yeah, but Al, unless like well, you know, we talked about high context and low context. Mm-hmm. If you want to understand Russia and say, well, you know, where the power is? No, the power is obviously it's a very high context culture. And it's it's a mix of of things. Okay, but basically, it's a detour. But basically, what I'm saying is there are two trends in the world: hypercentralization, China, Russia, and then NATO, the U.S. government, big corporations, big tech. These are all hypercentralized. Hyper. Look at Amazon. Big pharma. Is there anything? Big pharma. Is there anything more hypercentralized than Amazon? I mean, Jesus Christ. Facebook, Google, Tesla. That's hyper-centralization. But there's another megatrend, and these two are going to clash. And this clash yeah. is going to be very, very interesting to see. But is, isn't who owns the resources the winner of that clash? But you own the resources by rigging the system with fiat money. Right. Leverage gets you every. If you understand money, how do you get rich? With leverage. With Bitcoin, there's no leverage. Right. I right. can't take 10 Bitcoins. And create a thousand. Yeah, they're going down kicking. And then screaming. buy all the companies and buy all the companies in my neighborhood. I can't do that. No. You see? Yeah. So this this clash, and I'm telling you, high finance understands this. So on one hand, they're funding all of these metaverse, DeFi, and all yeah, the- and on one hand they want a piece of the pie. On the other hand, they want to stop the pie from being baked. Exactly. And that's what the states do too. Yeah. Not just uh, uh, corporations, the states too. And look at Jack Dorsey. Take Jack Dorsey from Twitter. I would recommend anyone go in and listen to what he's saying. Because what he's saying is so bizarre too. This guy comes from Twitter. This is uh, uh, the, the great Web 2 sort of invention. Mm. He's left Twitter and he's a Bitcoin maximalist. So when you look at him, examine what he's saying and you, you get a whiff of what is going on here because he's yeah. saying, he's coming out and saying web three is a venture capital scheme to get control of this world. <laughs> right, it's right. Zuckerberg's metaverse. He's saying, come to this metaverse. It's old school, baby. I'll take care of you, but I'm keeping all the money. You see what I mean? This battle, yeah, it's just creating a, a necessary intermediary yes, that can skim exactly. But, but but I I see another thing here, and that's the interesting thing is when people on the left and the right both argue for crypto, mm-hmm. the convergence point is the bottom thing in the top bottom equation. Yeah, when the left and the right, like Trump and Clinton, come out against crypto. It's the part of the left and the right that converge in centralism. Yes, yes. I totally right? agree. So, I agree. So, so, so we need to shift people who are listening today. They need to understand that not only will uh, will uh, life as we know it, organization as we know it, shift 180 degrees. I'm totally behind you, Robert, on that prediction. But it also means that um, power, power balance in the world will shift. So people need to understand that they can contribute if they partake in crypto, it's not just that they will be rich. 
because it's not it, the bubble hasn't even begun yet. It has, but it's also that they can force that change because mm-hmm. they they're doing it kicking and screaming like I'm saying because it's the bad part of the left and the right who are against cryptos. And that means, that tells me which side I should be on, <laughs> even if I didn't but understand if it. You're, if you're a progressive, say a European, American, uh, developed world progressive, yeah. Bitcoin is going to scare the shit out of you because yeah. all of the tools of your trade, even if you're, if you're, if, 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 even the good, the people on the left, on the progressive left who want positive change, mm-hmm. Bitcoin is an obstacle for them. It terrifies them. Yeah, but it terrifies Bill Gates and George Soros and the Koch brothers, too. Yeah, more. Yeah. That's true. Terrifies them. Klaus Schwab. They lose so much power. But I I say to the classical statists out there, don't worry, because the state will have to find... First off, the state has many, many more tools in their books than the private oligarchs have. It's worse for the corporatists. Corporatism, which is a cancer on this world, and I'm going to have shows about it, it's high time, mm-hmm. will die from this thing. But states will survive very well. They just have to come up with better and more fair tax systems that both the left and the right can agree about. And they will also have to retain some values, hard assets, like what you call resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not all resources could or should be privatized. But when you define the state, the, the state are the citizens and the citizens are the state on the blockchain. Yeah, I'm talking about the collective yeah. uh, values yeah, of yeah. the citizens. The, the, whole, the, whole, the whole collective. Yeah. The whole collective. The, but I would say on a cultural level, on a cultural level, the significance and of the state is going to be diminished quite a bit. On a cultural level, on a political level, on an economic level. Yeah, the level. bad control of the state. Well, yeah, so the I, bad I control. Say, state will be more democratized and voluntary. Yeah, and borders are going to become less meaningful. I mean, this is going to happen. It's a trend. It, it, nah, it's, I don't think the nation state it, is threatened. Oh, I think it is very much how threatened. How come? Well, how, how come there will still be a soldier on the border? How come we can stop physically? Well, In the same way, it can stop stuff that goes on entirely entirely in the resource-based world it can stop if i live in the metaverse what do soldiers on the border mean to me well uh, i mean have fun uh, coming to a virtual norway the soldiers are still stopping you from coming to the physical norway okay but i'll give you a metaphor i'll give an analogy in the same way the rules of the animal welfare in factory farming don't change just because the currency changes Okay, but uh, what I'm but imagine- so this is still a state decision thing, right? Yeah. So the nation state can survive this, is what I'm saying. But much diminished, significant, but not the trade aspect of it. Uh, nobody can stop me from ordering something from America. Uh, well, maybe the postal service or something. Like it has to be physical uh, stops. Everything is physical. The state still has that control, as I see it. But what is physical is going to be less and less meaningful. If you're working, socializing, if you're buying your status on the metaverse. The st- we still need farmers. No, no, we no, st- yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to go to zero, but its significance in people's lives is going to be less. We still need nurses. No, no yeah. I mean, I'm, we're not talking about extreme. I'm just saying as we begin to live more in a metaverse beyond borders, beyond sovereign states, a new economy will come there too. Yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. Think of all the physical 
assets that we use, productive capacity, just for status. But I, I, I don't think the state should involve themselves in that. Let that thing ah, be. No, let that it, thing be like what it is. It's a fictional bubble. It's a cultural space. Yes. It's an imagined space. Let it be a playground. It's just oh. the, the day the state goes into that territory is the day we're lifting it up to seriousness. Better off avoid but, it. But, we, but I'm, what I'm saying is what makes up a state in the metaverse is not going to be what makes up the nation state in the physical world. Right, right. Those DAOs are going to be organized around people with similar ideas. Yes. Similar co- it's, or corporations, it's, maybe. Yes. Or yes, brand marks, ideology. Right, right. And it's all going to change. Yep. This change... And, you know, I know people say, well, you know, the real world. And, no, I mean, you just follow the trends. Think right. 20 years in the future. That metaverse is beyond the nation state. And then we're talking yeah. about currencies that are beyond the state. The yeah. state is something that's dying slowly. And and you see it. Again, the bad parts of the state. In the same way, you can't say that. Uh, trade will cease. That won't cease. In fact, I think it will increase because it will be more decentralized and more peer-to-peer. But what may decrease is corporations. You see the difference? Right, right. And the same, so the state point two o, if you like, will be a better incarnation of the state. It will be a state where you get, where you lose much of the corruption and the vulnerabilities of the old days. And... Uh, you get a more service-based, you get a new version that even the libertarians may accept, if you see what I mean. But I see people's time in the physical world diminishing significantly and their time in the virtual world growing. So the virtual yeah. virtual communities, virtual states, virtual tribes in the metaverse using status symbols that are NFTs in DAOs that are organized around, yeah. not around physical. Yeah, that, that it may become a bubble in itself, actually. But this is what all I'm talking about now. This is the dream. Now, uh, it's like it's like the Internet in the in the 90s. Remember all that crazy shit we imagined? Yeah, a lot of yeah. it didn't happen. What I'm yeah. saying, a lot of it's not going to happen. But some of it is. <laughs> yeah. But some Have of some it, sensibility from history. I mean, I'm throwing everything at the wall. Not all it's going to stick. No. But a no. lot of it is. But what is going to – and I'll make one prediction. What's really going to stick to the wall, we haven't even imagined yet. That oh. I predict. And I'm sure that prediction will come true, right? Yeah, I, I mean, if you have unlimited time, but if you're talking about, let's say, a 10-year perspective, yeah. what would you say? Well, dude, when I, w- when I was in the internet, who would have told me that in 2004, 5, 6, in that area, that the future was going to be TikTok? Uh, of course. If you said 2020, the number one site is going to be something with a bunch of kids doing shit that's one minute long, I would have never guessed that. Okay, but, but if you should venture, I guess, for, let's say, a 10-year perspective? I would say what's going to be shocking. Your best consumer advice. My, if I was going to tell people what to do now, I would say take 10% of your 10% of what you earn, what you, which you can save, you know, mm. and stick it into just directly into Bitcoin. Do that as much as you can. What about Ethereum? I look at Ethereum as like silver because Ethereum uh. is what, like, just like silver is used in manufacturing. Mm. Ethereum, I see as sort of the silver and Bitcoin as the gold. I would go. Brilliant metaphor. Yeah. And I would go like, you know, 60, 70, but the store of value, if you're just looking for safe, you know, to, to create a valuable asset, I think with Bitcoin, you have a hard time going, going wrong. Now, could the whole thing blow up? Of course. 
but it's a really good risk for four or five years. Okay, okay. What's the best? Put yeah. that in your prediction too. What's the best ways for it to blow up? Uh, not best, but what's the most probable way it could be stopped? I would say that governments uh, together. So we're talking about China, Russia, Japan, the United States, our friends in Canada, all decide that this is an existential threat. So they outlaw it to democracy, and that anyone who converts a Bitcoin, <laughs> ironically, it's, it is democracy. Sorry, go on. as a bit. Anyone who converts Bitcoin to fiat is committing a major crime, and they're going to do ten years in prison. Right, 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 right. In that environment, the value of Bitcoin would collapse. Would collapse, and you could eventually. It's not like you would kill. It would end up as black market thing, like drugs and weapons or stuff like that. But if you can't convert it to fiat, right? What are you going to do with it? So you know, you know what I mean. That in a sense, that is the biggest existential. But I think it's too late. I really do think. Well, as soon as as soon as some countries come on board, I asked you that. I don't think you answered. You said the first country was what was that? El Salvador went on board. So in El Salvador, Mm -hmm. you can pay taxes with Bitcoin. Yeah, and I think a few others too after that, right? Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple that are doing NFTs as passports, so you mm. get like an NFT passport, which eventually will be your identity. That's a cool, a wow. very cool idea. So it may um, be an identity marker, right? It right. will be because remember, if you really, we didn't go into this a lot, but when your identity in this metaverse related to your financial status, your assets. You have, we're good. That, that has not been solved. And there are all really fucking smart people on that. But if you really talk to people, there are a lot of issues involved. Because Al, if your entire existence is related to this identity, mm. how do you protect that identity? What is that? What is it exactly? You see what I mean? It's an, mm. it's almost like an existential thing. Mm. Who is this? Who is this metaverse robber? What is it? Is it a body? Is it, it's a very complicated, weird question that as this evolves. Yeah. Well, that, that's a philosophical aspect, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to analyze this in a power perspective. That's what I care most about because if it really gives power to the people, I'm all for this. I'm all for it. And ironically, they say it's threatening democracy. What they really mean is threatening current it's, yeah, dictatorship. Yeah, threatening the, the current, the, the current existence of the state in a profound way in a very profound way yeah i think if people adopt a top bottom perspective it's easier to grasp this and which side you should be on i think the left right thing is a red herring because they can try to convince you to be against cryptocurrency both from a leftist perspective and a rightist perspective yeah yeah. so don't fall for that go into a populist perspective see that it's all about who's gonna wield the power uh, uh, centralized elite or a decentralized people. And the greatest progressive argument for cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. is it democratizes it, it make it democratizes access to assets to all people in the world. I live. Yeah, that, that, that's also an anarchist argument. Well. Well, anarchist, why? Because I can go out and buy something? I mean, the, the fact that... No, uh, anarchy, as you, of course, know, doesn't mean lack of laws or lack of rule. But uh, one of the uh, central points of anarchy is that it's giving every, not equal outcome, but equal opportunity, equal starting point. Okay, yeah. And, but, but what I mean is giving, giving, for example, I live in North Africa, giving North Africans access 
to the world's financial markets. Mm. This is an incredible, empowering thing for people yeah. that I can, a taxi driver in Tunis could buy with say an NFT. He could buy mm. a share of Google. He could buy a share of Google. So do you, do you predict that those countries will be the first ones to, to adopt Absolutely. It? If you opened up, if you allowed access in Tunisia, where I live, to Bitcoin, because it's completely illegal here. Right. Completely. If you said to all Tunisians, yeah, you can open up, you can open up your crypto accounts and you can convert crypto to dinars, our local currency, or you can buy dollars, buy euros, buy whatever the fuck you want. Do you know how that would profoundly change this country? Mm, Positive. Profoundly. The, the Mike Grocer, who's a smart guy, makes a little bit of money, bright guy. He would say, shit, yeah, I want to buy one Satoshi of Google and I want to buy a little at some Tesla and I want to buy, you see what I mean? Yeah. It, it all of a sudden opens uh, the world. All sorts of revolutionaries should support this yes. because yes. Uh, ironically, you know, the old slogan and the fed, this may be what ends the feds. Absolutely. This may be Absolutely. instead of what we thought, like laws or brute power, whatever, this may end so much tyranny existing today. Oh. Not just uh, like the world bank, IMF, huh? all these horrible institutions that's fucking up the world. They were be completely wiped out. Now that doesn't mean there might be there might not be some World Bank thing, but it would be a decentralized organization that people are you know yeah. controlled yeah. through a blockchain. Everything that's voluntary is good. And what's funny about this is we always thought the dollar would die in some catastrophic financial no the dollar's going to die because people are going to stop using it slowly yeah, exactly. slowly it's going all of a sudden the, the day the dollar dies is when you look at a a new it's go, it's going to end up the only value is going to be a collector's value <laughs> collectible yeah. and when people say oh did you see the new iphone it costs uh you know uh so many you know a quarter of a bitcoin you know what i mean when you start valuing things yeah, in that yeah, yeah. that's the day the dollar's gone Right, 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 right. That's what's going to happen. It's going to die a slow. Bo- it's going to die the death that Facebook is dying now. Wait a minute. What if dollar survives as the intermediary, <laughs> yeah. a way to price Bitcoin? Because you can't really price Bitcoin. Nobody owns one Bitcoin, right? If you own one Bitcoin, aren't you very rich? Well, you'd have thirty as of today. What thirty six thousand dollars one Bitcoin? Oh, it's not more than thirty six thousand. Okay. Good yep. thing they foresaw. I hope they. What's the total number you said they they created? Twenty one million. Twenty one. You what, mean what, stupid idiots? They should have created twenty one billion. They should have a no. But you see, remember, it's ultimately divisible. Yeah, that's that's true. So you could just. And I think there's something after a satoshi too. So you could make something after a satoshi. But remember, a satoshi. It's the opposite of inflation. Look at, for example. Uh, let's say Nigerian Naira or Kenyan shilling, right? Mm-hmm. Both of those are typical. You can see like huge number and it never goes down. It always, always goes up. So only buying a piece of uh, bread would be like a million, something like Naira or shilling. Mm-hmm. But in Bitcoin, it's the opposite that happens. It becomes smaller and smaller and so it will always be 0.000. 000. Isn't that a sign of health in economy? Well, I mean, if you didn't, if they didn't print money, it would make a difference, right? <laughs> um, uh, but you, you know, I mean, if if you can't if you can't make more of it, yeah. then it, it doesn't make a difference. But unfortunately, because you can just print money at will, that yeah, but isn't equal to printing money is the visibility no, that you can no, do? No, no, not at all. Not, it's completely different, right? Printing money means more of the same. While as divisibility means, right. if I can print money at will, that means the value of what of that money is diminished. 
You, you see what I mean? If there's a hundred dollars and all of a sudden I print another hundred, it's it's worth half its value. Well, yes, that's, that's my point. So the opposite happens in Bitcoin. It gets more and more value because it's beginning more and more divided. The big, the bigger the network. So as more and more and more and more people use it, yes, the value will go up, and that's. That's the opportunity. Which is why it becomes 0.000. If everybody stopped using it, it would be back to 10 bitcoins <laughs> or, or 33 million or however you said. So I think it's a healthy, it's a sign of health that it's the opposite of inflation. It's being deflated. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, no. kind of, well, yeah, you, no, you no, kind of no, lost uh, me a little bit there. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I mean, when a currency is bad, yeah, it becomes higher and higher, right? So ten million to buy a bread, right? Right, because they're just printing more. But in Bitcoin, it's zero point zero zero. It's the opposite that happens. You see what I mean? Yeah, it's not a sign of health. Ah, uh, but remember, the, the divisibility is just because you can just make smaller parts of it. It's like a, instead of pennies, hundreds of pennies and thousands of pennies. Yeah, so that's the opposite of what happens in an unhealthy currency. Like say nylon. Oh yeah, in a sense. Yeah, kind of in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about inflation and and Bitcoin, let's focus on Bitcoin here because Bitcoin, remember, has a limited number of Bitcoins that can be created, which is twenty one million. Right, right. I believe there are about two million left. When we talk about inflation on a macroeconomic level, that means an increase in general in all prices. This can't happen with um, crypto, or at least with Bitcoin. Because you can't print new Bitcoins. Yeah. So in the United States, we can have inflation because we're printing more dollars and there's more money in the system. And therefore, there's a general rise in prices. Now, you can specifically talk about inflation from on a more specific level from cost inflation or, or a, a supply. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting topic because the inflation that we're seeing now, especially in Western countries, is because we printed so much money in the last few years during the, the coronavirus. Yeah. So there's a general inflation. That means a general rise in all prices. This can only occur when there's more money. And because we printed so much money, we have a rise in general of prices. Mm. Now, imagine if we had some sort of economic problems where there was less production, but demand stayed the same. In that case, you could also have what's called uh, supply-side inflation, where there's a problem with supply and prices rise in general. Now, that is something we could also see in today. For example, look at the price of wheat. It's up 50% in the last couple of days. The price of oil is going up. Because wheat and oil are so fundamental, we could have a general rise in all prices, but due to lack of supply. Now, that really has nothing to do with Bitcoin. Those are just general macroeconomic terms there. Mm. So just to be clear, inflation caused by printing money, you can't have that with, at least with Bitcoin, because there's a limited number of them. Inflation from an economic standpoint, where we have a problem with supply, like we do now with wheat, say, and oil, yes, that could occur, obviously, uh, with Bitcoin or without Bitcoin. I hope that clarifies it a little bit. Yeah. And so, I mean, th this is this is... But I also, I think there's a certain euphoria around this whole crypto revolution, blockchain revolution. Unavoidably, yes. But it can be legitimate, right? It doesn't have to and be. And everybody, everybody who gets into this, mm. you'll have the moment. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> you'll have the moment when you get in and you see the big, big picture. Right. And you, right. for about two weeks, you can't think about anything else. Because you see it everywhere. You're like, this is going to change everything. Yeah. It was like when I got into the internet, I'm like, holy shit. 
we're going to be able to change everything. Yeah. And we kind of did in a way. Mm. You know, when I look back, I'm like, you know, I'm glad I was part of that. I played my little role, but I did see how the world changed. I mean, so many times, dude, I walked into offices and I would talk to people and they had no idea what I was talking about. Page views, conversions, clicks. They're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Here's some money, you know, go do something. <laughs> that moment was interesting. That's happening again. But beware of the euphoria because there is a dark side to this. Right. Some of these changes, are we sure? Are we sure we want to live in? I don't, I don't, I don't know that we have any option. That's, it's, it's like, it's like all or everything, yeah. uh, all or nothing. Yeah. I, I think we have, just have to risk it. Oh, yeah. Maybe let go of the security desperation because all those who actually have assets in today's system, are going to go the way of the dodo bird anyway, except actually those who have resources. So it's all unhealthy aspects of economy will be flushed away. Yeah. All the inflated stuff that you explained last time when you talked about the stock market versus the actual market, etc. Mm -hmm. It's a purge, man. Yeah. It's yeah. a reckoning coming. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. And, and Cohen, Cohen was right. It's coming to America first. The cradle of the best and the worst. Yeah. And it, it, what you said about a purging is so true because if you understand money, if you really understand money, when you look at these markets, they're absolutely inflated. So what is what is real value when we talk about Apple stock or Tesla, a million years price to earnings and all this stuff? It's getting to the point where it's almost it's such a game of smoke and mirrors that Like you said, what what is real? What isn't real? What's it's incredibly, incredibly confusing. Mm. This whole crypto blockchain revolution is going to simplify things in a way that's it's really going to change how everything operates. And remember, the future is that metaverse can't get away from it. It's like saying, you know, it's like when books began, yeah. the Internet, all these revolutions. It's that big. It really works. Not sure I'm buying exactly that point, sub point of yours, but I agree with your big, big picture. Well, remember, but don't forget, when I say metaverse, I don't mean Zuckerberg's metaverse. Right, right. The metaverse, there's no way to get around that. Yeah, I, I still think it's a critical point, a critical mass you reach where just physical, we are physical beings after all. Mm -hmm. Some people will still want to have old school sex, no matter how much you think becomes cyber sex, and to put it like that, there will always be the animal side to us that you can't get away from. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not sure, and there will always be poor countries and, and stuff. So I, I'm not sure you're right that it's going to be, but, but I see your point. It's going to have more in that direction anyway. It doesn't matter. I think we can regulate it. I think we can even stop it. Mm -hmm. I think people, I, I'm a conservative in the true sense of the word. Yeah. And, and 95% of conservatives aren't conservative at all. They're radicals, actually. But I'm a, I'm a conservative in that I want to conserve as much as possible of what is healthy and what works. That we can call it good tradition. And so I only see downsides to this kind of development. So I don't see this as progress at all. Progress is to keep what what is the best and adapt to what is better. It's funny. This, that's not what that's not what's going on in technological revolution, in in, in digital evolution, in in uh, all sorts of yeah those kinds of in science. 
It's not like everything goes just because it's possible to do something. If it's possible to put a monkey brain inside of a human, should we do it? No. There should be no, some. But, 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 you're, but you're, you're putting a lot of judgments in this. And I think yes, I do. It, it's really difficult to, to operate. Of course, in, of course. Because remember we talked, we had that NFT thing about you know, would you own the real painting or not? What happens in a thousand years or 500 years when you can't distinguish the physical reality from the virtual reality? There's no distinction. Physically, you can't distinguish. Mm. Then what happens? So then what is Well, the- that's a different ballgame, man. Yeah, but that's, that's, remember, that's. It's not in our lifetime. But remember, well, I've talked to people pretty high level and they Uh, say. I I think if it's going to go that fast, it's going to be decided by weapons. It's going to be, there's going to be a revolt against it. It's going to be too fast. Okay. But if it's like generation after generation, drip, 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 yeah, they, they may get away with it. Even this great reset is having a backlash as we speak. And who knows? We may still win this battle, man. Because these people are waking up en masse. No, that's true. But I'm, all I'm saying, getting back to my point, is I talked to a pretty high level guy at a at a very important at a very important company, mm-hmm. and he told me that it, it, this is within a hundred years. Maybe, maybe. You know, in a hundred years, and, and he said, you know, if you don't stop it, yeah, maybe. Yeah, within a hundred years, there will be experiences that you will not be able to distinguish. And, you know, 100 years seems like a lot, but it doesn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In principle, of course. I I thought you meant our entire life. Oh, no, not the entire life. Oh, well, in 100 years. Then then I gave it maybe 10 years. But, I mean, experiences of that level, experiences at that level could happen within 50 years, 100 years, something like that. Potentially, yes. If you go into a full virtual reality suit or something, yeah, yes, yes, exactly. I'm with exactly. you. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay, finally, a uh, point of uh, <laughs> agreement. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but look, Robert. Despite all my interruptions and all my challenging you, mm-hmm. it's been first off very interesting. Very interesting. I like when I have guests on that I can disagree with. It's so cool. Yeah, uh, and very enlightening too. I learned a lot from this exchange with you today. I know much more now. Uh, then I went in. Yeah. And I hope the same is true for the listener. Did we cover most bases? Yeah. I think, I think we, we, and I, I, what I liked about this conversation is we touched a lot of different areas on yeah. the big macro picture. Yeah. And like we said, if you're interested in those details, which are fascinating, you got, I mean, it'd be a great idea to have a guest on who can explain, you know, what happens to the dead guy and, yeah. you know what I mean? That kind the of geek stuff. stuff. Yeah. Go on the on. geek stuff, which is fascinating yeah. stuff. It's super. This is, you're going to be just a part of a series I'm going to have on crypto, on, yeah, on the entire thing. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? Maybe you can come back later because I predict this series won't stop like anytime soon. <laughs> we can have a million shows about it. And as stuff develops, we probably need you back as you know the forum commentator on on yeah, and i'm working on a paper now that hopefully i'll publish in the next month or two on comparing the it's mmt versus crypto right and what who's going to win going to lose yes and i now in these de, in, in decentraland right mm. it's a virtual land system mm. so what you do is you buy a plot of land and you develop it and what these new projects what they're looking for are networks. So networks of people that go in and bring their content and they have social tokens. Mm. So what there is, is there's like a token that would be a like, it's like a money. Mm. You see what I mean? Mm. And so what they're looking for are communities. 
Mm. And thinking of this, we've got Miguel because he has the virtual Alexandria. <laughs> you've got, you know, Al, you've got um, Alex. Have you, uh, and you, have you heard about the union of uh, independent podcasters or something like that? Yeah, no, yeah, it kind of goes... It kind of goes over the, but just so yeah. like the big one now is Decentraland, where they actually have a virtual world, right? Created. Mm. And they, they say they want you to buy all this land and stuff. Okay, that's fine. But if we go with them and we say, look, we have this large community, very diverse. Mm. If what would you give us? So what would they give us if we went and created, imagine, I'm just pulling this out of my ass, but. The virtual Alexandria. Mm. And within this virtual Alexandria, you had, I don't know, the Borealis, whatever area, the other area, the other area, the mm. other area. Mm. You create NFTs, right? Create NFTs that would be restaurants, bars, um, like hallways, art galleries, right. all of this stuff. They already have the tokens. They have the social tokens, right? Mm. Who sells you these could, tokens? Right. So you could create a – they have the world. We have the community. Together, we could create one of these decentralized worlds with governance tokens, right? Mm. So y- your users will actually be citizens of the – everyone would become a citizen of this world with an NFT passport. And then, for example, imagine you want people to pay fees – to listen to the shows. You see what I mean? We would use those tokens. Mm. It's basically... So, so, so they become transactable. So it's like creating a mini... With, what we have to understand is what we have is the network. We have a network that's worth a fortune. And this is what... what I'm not thinking so much that people have to invest money. What we have out in this world today, because I'm poking around on the financial end a little bit with this. Yeah. If you have an idea... They are throwing money around. You can't imagine. This is the 90s, dude. There's tons of money out there. These VC firms are just dying for anything to throw money at. Anything. You see what I mean? Yeah. And not that we're asking for invest. We're asking for people to invest in this project. If the idea is clear and we say there's 10 of us with a potential community of, I don't know, 40, 50,000 people who are very. But you see how there's a connection between all of us? In a vague way, there's some sort of a, you know what I mean, like a similar vibe. Right. Yeah. And what I'd like to do is I'm going to write this article and then I want to come up with a white paper on this whole concept in mind. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think it, I think it's, there's something, that, dude, this is the future in some way, shape or form. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, that's why this conversation was good because I was fleshing out a lot of ideas for that argument. And yeah. I'm not, I, and as much as I might seem as one of these sort of blockchain maximalists, lunatics. I'm not I'm not so sure <laughs> that this new world is going to be so wonderful but it's coming in some force it's going to probably have its own problems of course but, but oh god yeah yeah and it's but, but it, some... it may be worth it is my point cryptocurrency if you are truly revolutionary you will um, err at the part of change okay, okay but but Al, I worked I worked in the internet in the late 90s and I thought we were doing wonderful things no and then I wind up in Luang Prabang in Laos and I go to a cafe and I see a, you know 50 people on their smartphone and I'm like what the fuck did we do right <laughs> you know? right, so, right right you never know who would have predicted in 1999 that the entire world is glued to a to a smartphone? Mm. So you know what hap- what we think is going to happen, and what happens, God only knows. And, and and areas like these, it's so everything becomes an anachronism so fast. 
Yes. This, this is going to be a dinosaur debate five years down the road. <laughs> it, it would be fascinating to go back and, and listen to this in yeah. 2020, whatever, seven, yeah. 27 to see how clueless were these two yeah. clowns? No. That, that's why I want the predictions out of you because I know we're going to discuss more about it in the future. Yeah. No, but it's still a, it's still a primer. Yeah. It's still a good way for people to get into the basics. There's so many people who doesn't get it yet. Yeah. And the more people who get it, the more people will, uh, spend some money in it and the more money comes into it the more value it gets it's still a pyramid system it still has that shady aspect to it even glenn greenwald discussed that right when he uh, covered crypto so and in that aspect if i have cryptos now the more people coming in the richer i will get so poor people out there should just immediately uh, come into this market and that's also a brilliant aspect of this that it's like you have pointed out all night. It's truly a democratic market. It's a market that poor people have access to and can. Yeah. So we are the ones who can benefit from it. And we also the ones who prop it up. The other markets aren't other than being an end user consumer. Yeah. We don't really uh, have access. So when the libertarians always say, well, vote with your feet and market democracy and yeah, you can just choose as a consumer. You never really could because it was a rigged system. In this system, you can. Right. In this system, it becomes true. Yeah. So yes, all through this program, it may have annoyed some that I didn't have the professional neutrality. Uh, of the of the host or like you were more a professional neutral in this but i never pretend to be anyway i do my value judgments on this yes i do and people are free to disagree my listeners are big gals and guys so they know how to distinguish between <laughs> my values and my inputs and their own so they take the data point you've given them today and can now weave it to better their own life and 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 for that you've done them a service so thank you yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I had a great time, mm, as always, dude. We've been talking now for uh... yeah. So, sorry, uh, all these interruptions, etc. Sure, 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 of sure, course, sure. but at the end of the day, you got enough time to say uh, what you needed to. No, no, ab- absolutely. Okay, good, good. Yeah. So, so what's going on in your um, personal space? Oh, can I can I plug my uh, film? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, because since I think since the last time I was on, I released Twilight of the Archons. That's right. The uh, documentary. I don't know if you got a chance to watch. Yes, it. Uh, and I heard your debate with Alex on it too. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, yeah, I had a great. I thought that was a great show I did with Alex. And uh, congratulations to Alex on fifteen years. Yeah. I got the first comment in on his uh, on the YouTube. Uh, oh, nice. So I was nice. happy about that. But yeah, yeah. if folks want to kind of get an eye, because the film. Talks about money a lot. Doesn't talk about cryptocurrency. It talks about money and consciousness mm. in, in a way that I think was, uh, different. And I think for your viewers, they'll, they'll, if, if you've liked my other stuff, this is different. Um, but if, if it does merge my ideas, the spiritual side with money in a way. And, um, no, so I think they might enjoy it. So we can right. throw a link on the, uh, or I, they can go to, you know, they can just go to my YouTube channel. Right. Or, uh, Check out Cactus Land and you'll see all the links to the phone. Cactus Land is your website. Right. And uh, Twilight of the Archons is the title. Of- yeah. It's on YouTube. Right. Right. So, um, and, and the movie before is the one we, we talked about, I guess, the, f- the first time I had you on, right? Right. Right. 
The 21 Faces of God, yeah, on the tarot. Right. We did the 21 Faces of God. And yeah, and I released Twilight of the Archons when in uh, February last year. So actually, yeah, wasn't you're... that problematic? You always, I mean, you were ready to release it and then hit COVID, and then you have to postpone and postpone and update and update. Yeah, well, actually, I had to completely <laughs> redo the film. And thank God I did. Right. I had to completely redo it. I had to start over again and remake it post-COVID. But I, I think it was worth it because it made me rethink the whole thing. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. I think it, I, mean, I was pretty satisfied. It's much more professional, I think, than, than 21 Faces of God. You know, the sound editing and the uh, the whole thing looks a lot more, uh, I think, professional. And, uh, and it's short. It's only about 45 minutes. So it's not like 21 Faces of God is what, over two hours. Right? Um, so, right. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty happy with it. But our listeners are patient enough to handle that, so no no problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it'll give them a taste of uh, where my ideas are. And uh, and now I'm really into this whole crypto thing. It's kind of supercharged me again. It's given me something to really you know excite me. Me too. If you want to donate to the show, folks, go to our website, and we have the address published there. That's okay, right? Or is that... Am I doing a newbie mistake by publishing the address? Yeah. Should the address be... I know the key is super confidential, but the address isn't, right? No, no, yeah. The address, That's just like an email. But yeah, but dude, just Google that and say, you know, how do I set up the... Uh, just so you get the, the, the whole the whole thing. More professional. Yeah. Mm, perfect. Perfect. Okay, thanks again, man. And thanks for your patience and everything. Thanks a lot, man. It was fun. I had a good time. Yeah. yeah. Take it easy, man. Anytime. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Forum Borealis and our first attempt of several to uncover the mysteries of cryptocurrency. Thanks again to Robert and to you for liking, sharing and commenting upon this show, which I presume you do. At least one of those, you lazy, spoiled ingrates. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel at YouTube, Rumble, on Odyssey, or to our podcast channel at any podcast platform you prefer. And finally, I tip my hat to you guys who donate to us and literally finance this venture. Of course, henceforth, you can do that digitally also. And in crypto, we take with a value of a dollar or more. Boy, dollars are useful as an international value marker, huh? Too bad it's so corrupted and inflated. Okay, let me let me close shop for today with a few relevant quotes. First, Max Kaiser, whom I really recommend as a financial analyst. Love his shows on RT, which, uh, as we speak, is being censored. On the entire internet by courtesy of NATO and the oligarch warring class we're suffering under. But anyway, Max says, I think anybody who is interested in keeping their money safe from the criminal banking system would want gold, silver and Bitcoin. We must continue to educate the masses and encourage savings in Bitcoin to truly drain the kleptocratic swamp ruling our financial system. Adam Draper said, I trust Bitcoin more than I trust my bank. Roger Ver said, Bitcoin is amazingly transformative because it's the first time in the entire history of the world in which anybody can now send or receive any amount of money with anyone else anywhere on the planet 
without having to ask permission from any bank or government. Patrick Byrne said, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are a form of money that's a stable field that the government can't destroy and can't distort because the creation is governed by the laws of mathematics. It can't happen any faster or slower than a certain rate and it all sort of self-adjusts. Perianna Boring said, Bitcoin has been described as a decentralized peer-to-peer virtual currency that is used like money. It can be exchanged for traditional currencies such as the US dollar or used to purchase goods or services, usually online. Unlike traditional currencies, Bitcoin operates without central authority or banks and is not backed by any government. With Bitcoin, Every transaction is publicly verified, so many risks are eliminated, including chargeback fraud or friendly fraud. Eric Voorhees said, Like the internet, Bitcoin will change the way people interact and do business around the world. Ravi Subramanian said, I believe Bitcoin is a very convenient way to shop and to transfer money to any account around the world. Governments should work around a framework for the currency instead of putting restrictions on it. Steve Hanke said, In 08, Bitcoin was mysteriously introduced to the world in an obscure technical paper written under the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto. By late 13, the financial press was filled with reportage on Bitcoin and its dramatic price increase. Michael Saylor said, Bitcoin is a swarm of cyber hornets serving the goddess of wisdom, feeding on the fire of truth, exponentially growing ever smarter, faster and stronger behind a wall of encrypted energy. And finally, Ron Paul said, Though I don't personally believe that Bitcoin is true money, it should be perfectly legal and there should be no restrictions on it, there should be no taxes on it. From his mouth to God's ear. The clock is upon us. Thanks for listening. And to my team, I've been your host, Al. Remember... The world is a tragedy if you feel, and a comedy if you think. Be seeing you. Number one.